Welcome to the Earthside Birth Podcast, a space created with the intention to provoke independent thought in women within a culture that has conditioned her to allow others to do the thinking for her. I'm your host, Petra Mesa, a radical midwifery student, doula, mother, and a former nurse who walked away from the medical system and never looked back. I invite you, sister, to join me on an exploration of the true creative power of women on my journey into independent birth work as I dive deep into topics covering pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Merry come and merry meet beauties. In this space, there is only the intention for the highest good of all, rooted in love. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered medical advice. I am not a doctor. Pregnancy is not a disease, and birth is a physiological, non-medical event. Merry Meet Beauties, Petra here. Man, it's been a while. It has been a while. I haven't um, released an episode since New Year's Eve, and um, and I hope that the start of 2024 has been um, good to all of you, and um, I know that it's certainly setting the tone for the rest of the year. Um, so excited to see how things come full circle later on this year and um and a blessed inbook to anybody who celebrates <clears throat> that was yesterday um and i know i certainly did what i could to plant the seeds um for the rest of the year figuratively of course um definitely one of my favorite holidays and um yeah just really looking forward to all of the opportunities and amazing things that are yet to come this year i want to talk today about trauma really is really what it is let's call a spade a spade i'm going to talk about trauma particularly um birth trauma in the home in the home setting um it's a thing it happens and we're kind of like made to feel like oh like we're supposed to be like hush hush about it um a lot of people feel like you know it, it paints midwifery or free birthing or just home birth in general in a bad light which is so silly sounding to me but um you know we're not supposed to talk about it home birth is supposed to be like this magical thing where nothing can ever go wrong and you're you leave this experience so empowered and and most of the time that's exactly how it is and that's wonderful but that's not every woman's experience and I think it's really um, not only unfair but completely disheartening as far as 
this sisterhood that we're trying to build and trying to create and um, be a part of to not support all of us and um, to let those people who have experienced home birth trauma kind of just fall at the wayside. Um, I'm not into it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And, um, and I have experienced this myself, my home birth left me with a lot of trauma to process truly. Um, and I'll start with saying that your birth can bring a lot of trauma and also be a great experience. You know, it, it doesn't, there can be a mixture of experiences, right? You have all of these little experiences within this story. And so while I, it did stir up a lot of triggers for me, and it did leave me with a lot of trauma, as I said. It was a great experience, okay? And I am first and foremost, above all, grateful, beyond grateful. I am so grateful for this experience. I am grateful because this experience um, really was the opportunity for me to grow birth trauma as hard as it is um, and as difficult as it is to navigate and as heavy as it feels is the opportunity for us to expand all of us physically mentally emotionally um, spiritually absolutely and <clears throat> and it It gives us the opportunity to expand um, our, our souls to expand. Um, these experiences are things that we call in and that are ours to own. This is my story to own. This is my responsibility. This is part of the reason why I am here living and breathing in this lifetime is to endure these experiences. Um, and learn from them so my soul can learn from them because there are so many lessons to be had through these experiences. Um, but it requires so much inner work, it really does. It really truly does. Um, it's hard, it's not fun, um, but it's so worth it and it's not impossible. Um, the inner work and and navigating these triggers um it gives us the opportunity um through these experiences to it, it, it illuminates parts of yourself that you didn't know really needed nurturing right like sometimes we just don't see every part of us sometimes we think that certain wounds are healed and really they're not um so that you know from speaking also from personal experience and from you know 
um, just my experience out there in the birth world and birth work in general, um, you know, a lot of us find areas of ourselves that need nurturing, wounds that still need to be healed and um, triggers that we didn't realize were there or still there. Things we thought that we worked through and we've done so much inner work for already and then we go through like this experience and it turns out like wow all right maybe there's some more work that could be done there maybe that needs to be readdressed and it can be really really hard to accept that um it can feel defeating but it can also be empowering it can also be empowering because um again empowerment um comes from conscious decision making making conscious decisions okay and um, putting your intention into that and so when you're faced with these things with these things that um resurface you have the opportunity to make the conscious decision to, uh, how to deal with these things, how to address them um, in ways that you have not done before, in new ways, in, in um, you know, not just like, oh, I, I went to talk therapy for so many years. I, you know, there's, it's a, it's a sign. Your body is sending you a sign we're receiving messages from our body that there are things that need to be looked at and thank you body thank you wonderful amazing body for bringing this to my attention for caring so much for protecting me <sighs> but there is a lot of shame, there's blame, guilt, regret, on and on and on, right? When it comes to these experiences um, in home birth, you know, in birth trauma in general, but particularly in home birth, you know, there's a lot of that. Um because we're supposed to be like so hush hush about it and because like um we're denied a lot of the time um and we're blamed even in our own community you know that happens even in our own communities the birth community um you know oh well you must have done something wrong x y and z and is that really the takeaway like is that re that's really the message that you're you're going to send out to anyone to any woman that's processing this okay um but i haven't shared my story because of these feelings of shame um because of the you know <clears throat> that like that's what happens when you birth at home you know, that with that kind of statement, which we all know is complete garbage, you know, it's it's nonsense. 
um, that just because you choose to birth in the safety safety of your own home, that um, things will go wrong. That's nonsensical. Um, but I was also just breaking away from the medical world. Um, and I really didn't have a safe place to express these things or to tell or share my story um, because of that exact mentality because that's what I would have been met with I would have been met with well that's what you get you you birth at home you put you and your baby at risk what do you expect like that's that's what I was facing and um, so it was um, you know, of course, because I didn't want to be guilted um, by people in my immediate immediate community at the time. Um, and I certainly didn't want to be attacked by people. Nobody wants to feel like they're being attacked, um, especially when they're being coming to someone so vulnerable in such a vulnerable place and openly. Um, sharing such intimate uh, experiences. Um, so it, was, it really was a way of protecting myself um, from all of that, was me not sharing my story. Uh, really actually haven't um, told many people uh, about my home birth story. <clears throat> but... So, yeah, it was a way of protecting myself from, like, these other people's, you know, words and opinions and nonsense. And really, though, really what it came down to was feeling safe. And really about feeling safe in my body. And I had to remember that. And yes, I'm supported um, very well by my immediate family. My husband is amazing. Um, and I, I have good support around me now. Um, but it was really about me remembering, not just remembering, but feeling again, feeling safe in my body, remembering that I, I am a safe house for myself. I provide the safety for me. And, um, some of the things that came up during this experience, I mean, my mother wound on, <laughs> several different levels for sure but it made me doubt myself it, it made me question my body um I was just so confused and it resurfaced and really stirred up my sexual trauma I you know um I for for anybody that doesn't know I have a history of not only sexual abuse but sexual assault and um, those are things that 
I really thought that I was past. I really thought that um, it was really a non-issue going into. And what ended up happening is that because I didn't recognize other very subtle signs that I still needed to address these triggers and these issues within, within myself, I did not do the inner work that needed to be done leading up to my, my birth. Um, and I mean, that's just a fact. That's just, I, it wasn't on my radar at all. Um, but even like with all of these things that came up, uh, for me and even as hard of an experience as it was, um, and it took me a long time to recover from this experience physically it took me like three months to actually feel okay like able to stand and all of these things um I still would never opt for a hospital birth um and people people are always surprised when I do share with them this story my home birth story and I really believe that that is because most of us aren't used to seeing people own uh our experiences um you know and take responsibility and and own our stories and really own our shit um which I absolutely strive to do especially in this um but because also this experience didn't ruin home birth for me i am a huge home birth advocate i always 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 will be i always will be um and so again i'll say as i have and will continue to a thousand times birth is as safe as it can be Birth is a natural physiological event. And in nature, things come up. There are no guarantees, period. Never. There is never a guarantee of any kind of outcome. No matter where you are, no matter whose care you're under, life just doesn't work like that. It, it simply does not work that way. And, um, and I think that that's a really important um, message to take away from this. Uh, when you're faced with processing and navigating these kinds of experiences is that there are no guarantees, you know? I mean, hopefully you've come to that conclusion prior to, uh, you know, going into labor and having your baby, but it's never too late. And, um, and anyway, I guess, uh, that's all I really wanted to say leading up to this. Um, so my home birth was 
a little over two years ago now. And so I woke up on October 25th, 2021, seven o'clock on the dot, 7 a.m. with a really intense, really, really strong contraction. I had um, been in, you know, prodromal labor for several weeks, as is like pretty typical for me. Um, and pretty normal in general, but, um, I woke up with this really strong contraction and I, and I knew that like labor was really starting. I was 39 weeks and one day, according to my estimated due date. And I had a chiropractor appointment that day, just a few hours. I had a chiropractor appointment. I had a prenatal massage uh, scheduled uh, both that morning and um, and then right at like the middle right in the early afternoon like right in the middle of the day I had a midwifery appointment so um, my contractions were you know very regular and pretty strong um, enough to like you know be monitoring them a little bit and being mindful of them and so I didn't do anything but get ready and go to my appointments. I walked through the chiropractor's office. I walked through the door and the receptionist was like, oh, how are you? And I was like, I think I'm in early labor. And she took one look at me and said, you look like you're in early labor. <laughs> like, oh, whatever that means. Thanks. Um, and anyway, so my chiropractor had, you know, uh, like felt my pelvis around and had like noted whatever changes in my pelvis that were happening. So, um, you know, it definitely appeared to be, you know, go time as they say. Um, and I went off to my massage, um, and then things, you know, really picked up after my massage. Um, and so from there we went right to my, midwifery appointment um and I was having pretty regular contractions the whole time you know un definitely uncomfortable but nothing like that was unbearable and at that point I had asked for my midwife to to check my cervix and um uh, come to find out that I was already five centimeters dilated and 90% effaced. So things seemed to be moving pretty quickly. This was also my fourth baby. So like we're kind of expecting things to move a little quickly. Um, and so, you know, and I still, but I, I still was like, I don't think people need to rush over here. Right. Um, and so we got home and my husband had checked in with my doula and, you know, I had been trying to tell um, my doula like I didn't really need her yet. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it, I, I, I just, I knew that I had a while to go. And, um, and I had all of these crazy things going on with my dogs and like the lady that was supposed to 
um, take my dogs for me and all of these things. And it was just like, it turned like super stressful. Everybody ended up showing up at once. My midwife showed up, um, my, and, and this absolutely batshit crazy lady with my dogs, um, who was very good with my dogs. I didn't leave my dogs with like a wacko. She was just wacko with other humans. Um, and anyway, so like it really just like kind of dulled everything down just a little bit, but still like I was having really regular contractions and everything was fine. Um, and then I'll say this. Sometimes we allow certain personalities to enter our birth space, which I'll remind you is a sacred space. And these personalities do not align with that space. And these personalities bring out feeling uh, feelings of discomfort, emotional discomfort, feelings of um, danger to a certain level, not 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 immediate danger, but not feeling safe, uneasy feelings. Um, and so, and it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that these people with these kind of personalities, um, you know, are, are meaning anything or intending to cause you harm or, um, intentionally doing anything wrong or, and I, I could argue that they aren't doing anything wrong. They're just acting like themselves. Right. But they don't align and they bring in this energy that really disturbs your space and disturbs the flow of your labor. And so the importance of boundaries during this incredibly important time of your life, I cannot stress it enough. Like, I don't think people really understand how detrimental bringing other people into your space can be to the progression of your labor, I mean, um, and to your experience overall. Um, it is not about pleasing other people. If somebody wants to show up, if somebody wants to be there and you don't, you know, you don't feel like you're into that, then you you have to listen to yourself because it's about you and your baby. It's not about anybody else. And it's really easy to say that. And it's really easy to understand that. But it is not always easy to set those boundaries, to really set those boundaries. And... Um, and so I had failed to do that. I failed to set boundaries around who would come to my, um, come into my space. And, um, 
and you know and it doesn't mean that um that these people aren't helpful either right it doesn't mean that they're not nurturing it doesn't mean that they aren't uh, you know they don't care for you or um you know sometimes people just come in with these larger than life personalities where in any other situation would probably be fine but in birth it's kind of inappropriate and unnecessary so when somebody enters your birth space like a a tornado and kind of like comes in ready to take over the show you know don't be surprised if your labor peters out um you know my older children also uh came home too and so i found that when my older children were there like i had a really hard time turning off my other responsibilities to care for my other kids who are who are and were very much old enough to you know meet their own needs feed themselves uh and you know bathe themselves if they needed to whatever etc they they were capable um and are capable and um but i could not turn that off um which is something that i really should have prepared for ahead of time which i just didn't even think about um i i loved having um my older children at, at my birth and um, I wouldn't change that and I I would not choose otherwise given the opportunity in the future uh, I just would prepare for it differently um, I've never seen that before I've never seen women talk about like not being able to turn off the mom switch you know and focus on their bodies and focus on themselves and focus on what they have to do to be a mother to this baby that they're birthing and you know not the children that are there already i i've never had that conversation with any other woman i've never heard somebody just express that so to feel that was kind of a surprise um but my labor had basically stopped i did you know i i did the mile circuit i went for this walk we lived in an area where it was super super hilly like really steep hills and um i i walked around um my neighborhood with uh one of my sons um which was like one of our little traditions that we always did and like it's so sweet because he still brings it up like remember when you were having dexton and we went for our walk and it's like a really cool memory and I'm always going to cherish that. But anyway, um, really like brisk, hilly walk. Um, what else did we try? We tried, we tried everything. We really did. We tried everything and, um, to get my contractions to come on, um, regularly and, so the only thing that really the only thing that really um worked was when i fell asleep 
I, I, I just could not turn off my brain is really what it was. And the second that I did, the second that I did, the second that I really fell asleep, I had extremely intense contractions and, um, and I would wake up and I'd have a few and I'd get through a few of a few of them and then they would completely peter out. And this was hours where I just had to keep trying to rest and falling asleep and I'd wake up and have a few contractions and that would be it. And then I'd have to go start all over again. Um, and eventually, you know, I did wake up, um, and I could not go back to sleep. And, um, I had gone to, into my bathroom and, um, I had asked if I could get into my tub. I wanted to get into the birth tub, but because my labor had really come and gone, um, you know, my midwife was like, well, had suggested that maybe we wait for just a few more minutes to see if, um, if it really was going to pick up before I got in. And so I said, okay. And I went, I went into the bathroom and I had, this contention, this contract, this contraction that brought me down into a deep squat, and my my midwife slid like a baseball player, like sliding into home base, like slid on her knees with this towel, um, put it under underneath me because she thought that I was gonna have this baby, and um. I did not. Um, I did not. That's just how I was able to cope with that contraction. So um, that's when she said, do you want to get in the tub? And I was like, uh, yeah, hell yeah. So as soon as I got into the tub, I'll say this. Um, the water was notably warm. I'll even go as far to say that it was hot. Like too hot it was too too hot for birth um and if you don't know um heat is a vasodilator which means that it increases your blood flow okay so you have the potential to bleed if you're um exposed to heat like that the warmth of the the bath water um and so I was relieved though. As soon as I got into the tub, I remember being so relieved um, for like just a few seconds and then my contractions came back. So it was really soothing um, for a moment and I will always, always remember that. Um, but that was like the only moment of clarity that I had this my son was born so quickly. Um, you know, he was really high up. He just would not descend. I, um, I, he just wouldn't come down. He just wanted to float up there and my water did not break also. And I, I know this is the first time that, um, that I did not have somebody break my water. This was my, the first labor that, um, that did not happen. And, um, 
I know, I knew then and I know now, if my water would have broken, he just would have been born. I, I, I know that's just how it is for me. Like my water breaks and my babies are here. Um, but that's not how this labor panned out. It was a completely different experience. Um, and so I was in the tub and everything was status quo that in those few moments, like I said, the, the, I had that moment of clarity and then, but after that, everything happened so quickly and so intensely, um, that it really brought up a lot of sexual trauma for me that I, again, I was not prepared for just the sensations of that. This was also the first birth of mine that I had, did not have an epidural. Um, so I had not felt all of these sensations before and, um, and I, and I was not prepared, um, for the extent, um, of how they triggered me. So I, I completely, uh, dissociated from my body I completely detached from my body um and I was just confused I didn't know where you know where I was in the process um and like anybody because it would it was very obvious that I was about to have this baby and I kept thinking like that this could go on all day like I could be here all day and like it was very obvious to everybody else that the baby was coming, you know. So um, it would have been helpful to have somebody mention that. Um, you know, like people were trying to comfort me and telling me, you know, nice things and, you know, you know, okay, breathe through it, whatever. But nobody said like, this is it, your baby's coming. Like, and I, you know, and it, and it's, and that's not really anybody else's responsibility. You know, that's not uh, something that like, I'm definitely not trying to blame or shame anybody over um, because that's my job to recognize these things within my body. Um, nobody else is capable of doing that. How could anybody possibly have known that I was not present in my body? You know, they, they're not aware uh, of, of these things, of my, my feelings of what's going through my head or any of these things. Like, how could anybody else possibly know that? It just would have been helpful. Um, that's, that's all. But anyway, um, this whole time I'm, I'm not pushing. So I, again, like I had, I really didn't have an urge to push. I had no urge to push. I didn't know what was happening. I, I completely didn't feel I was almost, I, I was numb, but on the inside, if that makes any kind of sense to anybody. Um, but I'm, you know, being called to share this with you all. So somebody needs to hear this. And so I do believe that, 
there's at least one person out there who does understand what I'm saying. And, um, and yeah, I was numb on the inside. Um, to the point where I didn't rec- recognize that it was time for me to push. And so really the only reason I did was because I didn't know what else to do. Like that, that's a crazy thing that I had to really like, it took me a long time to wrap my mind around that. Like I've always felt the urge to push. I've had three epidurals. I still knew when to push. I still knew when to push, but I was so far removed from myself, from my own body that I had no idea what my body was telling me. And, um, and I really think that that's the hardest part of like that whole, this whole experience is that like, you know, I, I didn't walk away like with this empowered experience, with this sense of like empowerment and like, you know, yes, I am woman. There was none of that. Like I, I walked away from this experience, like how could I not know? Like, how could I not know? But I mean, it happens. We like it happens. And that's why I'm sharing this with you all. So, um, continuing, um, I have to remember where I was, um, because it felt if, because it felt like an eternity and really like, seriously, I was in that tub for maybe three minutes. I'm not even joking. I was in the tub for maybe three minutes. My son was born. Like that's how fast everything happened. And it felt like so much longer. Um, and okay, so I only pushed because I didn't know what else to do. And, um, and like, and really like, I was to the point where my body just did it on its own. Like that's like really the the truth um, is that like my body just started doing it. So um, one push, my son's head was born and call. My, my waters never opened um, until his body was born. Uh, and that's when my waters opened. Um, so you can see though in this video in the 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 videos that i have that um i pretty much started bleeding right away um there was you know and like and of course like yes you bleed like it's okay it's normal and like everybody is different so i want to make one thing very very clear women are all different and we have expanded blood volume during pregnancy it's a beautiful design um, it, that keeps us safe and allows us to lose blood during birth. Um, and what is excessive bleeding for one woman may not be maybe just like a drop in the bucket for another woman. And, um, it's something that the medical fields is not interested in, um, like seeing that way, but that's, that's, the truth we're all different and um some women can bleed regular like relatively heavily and be totally fine and another woman could 
bleed a little bit and feel dizzy or lightheaded or whatever. Okay, so I want to make that point very clear because I'm not about fear-mongering. That's not what I do. Um, And this is not to scare you uh, at all. This is just my experience and you can take it if it resonates and you don't have to ever. So uh, anyway, um, I did, I did bleed like as soon as like really when his head was born. Um, and, um, two pushes, he was out. The first push, his head came out. The second push, um, he was born and, um, and he was totally, totally fine. He was absolutely beautiful, of course. And um, and I don't really remember when I came back into my body. I really don't. I really don't. I, I don't think that I did. And um, in like watching like the these videos, my birth video and my uh, like these clips of like my immediate postpartum time, like I really wasn't there. I really wasn't, um, and I stayed in the tub for a considerable amount of time, um, for about half an hour, um, which is so ironic because I, that's kind of a long time to sit in the tub, um, but It's ironic because it felt like such a short amount of time. Whereas like when I first got into the tub, those three minutes felt like uh, like so long. So I went from one, you know, extreme to the other, like very, very rapidly, like immediately. My son was just so quiet and so still. He was just really... Um, he still is so amazing of course he's such an amazing boy but um you know all my other babies came out you know crying and you know in a completely different setting under different circumstances yes of course so you know we know you know a lot of or most maybe uh babies born at home without like these bright hospital lights being shown on them without like all of these other hands being uh grabbing them and taking them away from their mother and um all of these things they are often quiet you know and people think like oh babies are born and they cry and it just doesn't always happen like that so he was just very calm and still and I I didn't it's the first baby that I've had that I didn't really immediately nurse um but I was cramping nonetheless, and I see in this one uh, video in particular, you know, because like I've had to go back and be like, did it really happen this way? And like the answer is yes, yes it did. And even if it's not exactly how you remember it, it's how it makes you feel, all right? So like don't worry about like all of these little things, like it, how does how do you feel about your experience? If it's something that is triggering to you if it's something that is again like resurfacing or bringing all of these things these issues up to the surface or or even if they're new issues if how does it make you feel 
you know, forget what other people think, forget, you know, oh, it didn't happen that way. If you feel like it happened that way, in your mind, that's how it happened. You felt it, you lived it, you are living it in your body. So uh, please understand that. And anyway, that is how it happened. And I, and I, I was, you can see that I'm grimacing. You can see that I'm uncomfortable, like, you know, and, I, and even in the video, um, my midwife asked me, are you, are you having a contraction? Are you starting contractions again? And I, and I said, yes. Um, but like I had one or two and then they just completely went away. They were gone. And, um, I bled and I bled and, um, you can see very clearly in these videos, um, the color of this water change. And, um, you know, it's, it's really hard. I'll say pretty, pretty impossible to really to gauge or come close to really understanding how much blood is, you know, a drop of blood in, in, a cup of water, you know, it's hard to tell. Like you, you don't know how much really you bled, but you can see that the water is considerably dark. So they decided to cut my cord and, um, and move me over to the bed in the, in my downstairs room at the time. And, um, and so I, st I stood up and I thought that I had passed my placenta and it, it wasn't, it was a clot. It was an extremely large clot. Okay. I thought, like I said, I thought I passed my placenta. Um, and there were several other smaller clots with it as I stood up. Um, and then on the way to walking over into the room, I bled, I bled, I had, it just started and did not stop. Um, I had blood running down my legs and um, I passed another large clot. I actually stopped halfway to, um, halfway to the bed and I was like, oh, there it is. And nope, it was another clot again, large enough for me to think that I passed my placenta. So, um, so I ended up getting every herbal tincture that my midwife had, um, twice. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what they were. Um, shepherd's purse, Angelica, uh, probably. And I don't remember uh, the other one. Um, those are just guesstimates. Anyway, on top of that, I got multiple uh, tablets of Cytotec, um, which is a suppository that they give you recti rectally. Cytotec um, makes your uterus contract. Okay. Um, and on top of that, I got... Um, three doses of Pitocin because my bleeding wouldn't, would not stop. Um, 
I got one IM and like two IV. I had an IV because I did choose to um, take the penicillin IV uh, that they recommended for my um, positive GBS culture. So I had already had a Heplocin and um, so they just gave me two doses of pit I am and then they shot one in my leg um, and then I got the most intense manual uh, you know fundal massage um, in the history of fundal massages anyway at least that's what it felt like right like it's easy to say that but um, probably not the most extreme but it was it was what needed to be done. I mean, at the time, you know, like I, I can't, I can't really even put into words. My bleeding would not stop. <sighs> and anyway, um, I had really great midwives, um, and. Uh, I had midwives who who really truly respected my autonomy and um, and as I was getting this this fundal massage, um, I I said I need a break and I couldn't have one. I just kind of had to cope with what was happening um because it really was a true urgent situation and um and my midwife did what she had to do to get my bleeding to stop I'm very grateful for that and um also my demeanor really had a a good amount to do with getting my bleeding to stop as well. Um, so I think that it's really important to give credit to myself as well. So if you've experienced not just this kind of situation, but any kind of situation, like there's credit to be had. There's grace to be given to yourself. Give yourself some damn grace. And anyway, um, you know, I chose this team because I felt safe with them. I chose this team because I I, I trusted them. Um, they were very skilled um, and very experienced, and I um, and I felt safe. And I can't stress the importance of feeling safe. Not only knowing your care team's experience and skill set, um, but feeling safe. You know, and I mean with everything, even within conversation, do you feel safe enough to have a conversation with this person? If the answer is no, then perhaps you should start looking for somebody else to, to follow your care. Just food for thought. Um, but I, through this whole time, I, 
I stayed very, very calm and I was not scared at all. I knew that my bleeding was going to stop. Um, I just, I, I knew that she would stop it. And I, you know, from within myself demanded that. So, um, there's a lot of credit to be given to myself there. Okay. Because I did disassociate from my body and I wasn't really present, but when I needed to, I demanded it. I demand, I, I demanded it. I demanded it from myself. I demanded it from the universe. I, I demanded that that was what was going to happen. Um, and it did. And my placenta finally, uh, came out. Uh, and that was it until, um, I, you know, I finally, I, I, it was the first time I had a baby and I didn't get to have that golden hour. Even I had the golden hour in the hospitals, but not like within my home. That really sucks. That really sucks. You know, the best part of having a baby is getting to hold your baby, is getting to meet your baby. And um, and I didn't really get that. Even even during the immediate postpartum time, um, in the tub, because I still, again, I was so not there in the moment. I was so not in my body and not present. Um, that I really didn't get that. And, um, after I bled, um, I, and in my records, by the way, like they have a thousand cc's estimated blood loss, a thousand cc's like is postpartum hemorrhage, but I, I, I think that it was probably more than that. Again, like you can't really uh, know when you're in water how much you're bleeding. So, um, so I wouldn't be surprised and I, I feel in my body that it was more than that. And um, that's just whatever. Does I don't think that there's really a point to um, mentioning that. But anyway, um, I was so exhausted after bleeding that I couldn't um, keep my eyes open, <laughs> uh, let alone like sit up. And so I, you know, and and I am not like I have a baby, and I am just like I'm up, I'm up. I want to see the baby. I don't want to close my eyes. I want to hold the baby. I want to nurse the baby. Um, like, I think that's pretty much a lot of women. Um, you know, we get this adrenaline and then like the, the, um, exhaustion doesn't like really kick in until like a day or two later for me anyway. And, um, and I, I just like, it was like that, but um, a thousand times worse, that exhaustion. I've never, never felt so heavy. Um, and I, so I fell asleep and I was asleep for like 
really like maybe an hour, maybe, um, probably more like 45 minutes or so. And I woke up to my midwife, um, telling me that my son was having, you know, a little bit of difficulty breathing or not really like too much difficulty breathing, but he was breathing very rapidly. And, um, so we ended up going, um, going to the NICU, um, where he, you know, was officially diagnosed with, uh, TTN or, um, transient, uh, tachypnea of the newborn. And, um, and we had to deal with hospital staff for five days, almost the first week of his life, uh, which was, of course, like, you know, we were planning a home birth. We weren't planning on being in the hospital at all. And so that was really, really hard. Um, going to the hospital and, um, and being treated the way that we were treated, um, as home birth family. And, um, perhaps that's, a um, an episode in its own right, um, because there is so much to say there and, um, and, you know, NICU moms don't really get a lot of support, um, you know, as a, as a home birther, as, as home birthing women who, you know, end up in the NICU and I'm sure, um, there's endless, countless stories of, um, planned home birth that goes, gets transferred to hospital for whatever reason, voluntarily or otherwise, and is treated like garbage also. So, um, there's a lot, like I said, there's so much to be said there. Um, but there's so many reasons, um, why this happened. There's, there's a lot of spiritual reasons why this happened that, um, I will get into, I will get into, um, on one platform or another at one time or another. Um, but there's so much to unload here. And while that's not the point of this episode, um, I just want to again mention if you are, if you, if you have something that you need to talk about, um, like I said, when I first experienced this, I really didn't have, um, I really didn't have, uh, people to talk to about it. Um, I, it was basically everybody I knew was a doctor or nurse or, you know, um, and didn't offer me what I needed at the time, which was judgment free listening. And, um, and I, and I, I'm here to offer that to anybody who, who, who needs it. Um, this 
has been such an incredible experience. Um, and again, you know, I, it's like, this is, there is a lot of trauma here. There's a lot of different things that, um, that come up here, but it's not all bad. Um, you know, like my son was practically born in call. Um, you know, the fact is that my body did do it. Um, even when, you know, how amazing is that? Like, I can't thank my body enough again. Like, thank you. Thank you so much for being so wise, for being so wise. Even when I didn't have the wits about me to know up or down, um, you know, like our bodies are capable of so much, even when we are detached from them, even when we are not present inside of them, within ourselves, within our bodies, they are so wise. And, um, you know, I, and the fact is that I, that I did it, that I didn't, you know, I could have had my water broken. I could have asked somebody to break my water. I could have, you know, done a thousand different other things. Um, but, you know, I wasn't called to do that. And, um, and there is empowerment to be found. There is empowerment to be, to be had. I believe that. I do believe that. Um, I think that for me, it's, I'm not quite there yet. Um, because it wasn't the experience that I hoped for. Um, I accept it. I accept it as my experience. I own it as my experience. Um, but I'm not, um, in a place of confidence, um, you know, over two years later, um, I, I believe that the potential for that is there. I believe that if I continue to work on the issues that um, have come up through this experience that I, I will find that confidence. I will find that empowerment. Um, you know, I did get to make my own decisions and throughout this labor and throughout this birth experience. And so, um, so with the ownership of the experience there is certainly potential for the feeling of empowerment i believe that and um and i believe that i will get there uh there's just some more processing that i have to do and um please understand that it's okay to not be like fully okay two years later however many years later you know it, it's we all process things differently. We all process things at um, at different capacities and and you know rates at different times. And um, and it's okay. And like you know, if if you want to get to a place where 
you not only just accept it, but you own it and you are empowered by it and you are like, fuck yeah, I rule. Like, then you'll get there. Like, I'll get there. And it's okay that it's not today, but I'll get there. Um, like, if you want it, you'll, you'll, you'll get it. Um, it just might be a little hard. And anyway, um, again, definitely, please, if you, if you need to talk, if you need somebody to listen, if you have something to share, um, I'm, I'm happy to hear from you. You can um, find me through my website, earthsidebirth.org. Um, or on Instagram, I am Earthside Petra, uh, Earthside P-E-T-R-I. And uh, I thank you again so much for listening. Um, I've gotten a, a lot of really great feedback um, so far with uh, this show. And I'm honored to, to share with you my experiences uh, and my stories, my opinions. I'm honored to sit with you and... Um, if you, if there's something that you want, um, me to discuss, or there's a topic that you want me to talk about, reach out. I'll take suggestions. I have a whole list of things. Um, but like I, I would love some suggestions. I'd love to hear what everybody has to say. Um, and yeah, until next time, I am sending you all so, so much love as always. And I will see you next time, friends. Blessed be.